This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on your official home of the Flames. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Okay, we're into hour two, Sportsnet today. Live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios here in Calgary, Alberta. The day of the team announcing that head coach Daryl Sutter would would not be back as head coach for next season for the Calgary Flames. Despite having a two-year contract extension in his pocket, he will not coach any games into that extension. Flames will pay him a large amount, if not all of it, for him to not be this team's head coach. And now the news expands from just two weeks ago when the GM left or mutually parted ways. Now the... Job for Don Maloney is not only finding a new GM, but now finding a new head coach for this group and finding the right GM and head coach for this group as we head into what's already been a very busy offseason for the Calgary Flames. Slogan Gordon along with you. Cam and Taylor, my outstanding production duo, along with us this afternoon. We've heard from Peter Labardius on this topic to kick off hour one. We heard from Don Maloney in his press conference from Monday morning, outlining all the details and speaking to the media at the Ed Whalen Media Lounge. We'll hear from you as well, 960-960. The fan feedback line's been going crazy. As you would imagine, on this busy day of Calgary Flames news, we'll read some of your texts in just moments. And coming up a little bit later this segment, Elliot Friedman, Sportsnet uh, Hockey Insider, 32 Thoughts Podcast, Hockey Night in Canada. You know him. Uh, you love him. He joined Pat uh, not long after the news broke for his immediate reaction and uh, Fridge with some of the insider details on uh, what's a very big day for the Calgary Flames. Today. We'll hear from Fridge in just a few moments, but first to the text line, 960-960. Uh, you can continue sending your texts in if you're listening live. Because uh, there's been there's been so much, I wanted to get to the text line for sure. Let you guys have your say on this uh, very important day for the Calgary Flames. Uh, this text was started off with new era for the Flames, new arena, new president, new GM, new coach, likely new captain. Uh, what else? What else? I have no idea. I, I as you heard Don Maloney say there, I think it's it's a group that looks pretty similar to the group that we saw this year in Calgary as far as players are concerned. There's just not a lot of cap space to go around. But perhaps a new GM does come in here with a sense of urgency when it comes to next year's UFAs and signing guys or trading guys away. I think there's a ton uh, of change still coming for this organization. We're just... Like I said, weeks into the offseason for the Calgary Flames, we have a draft to get through, we have free agency, we have the hiring of a GM, uh, hiring of a head coach, all to get to 
in these next couple weeks. So it's this is really just the beginning of it when it comes to the changes for the Calgary Flames. Um, this one says, so it's all Daryl's fault. All those goals were scored on them. Next step to go has to be Markey. This team isn't built up to be a playoff team. Big mistake made today from a guy that's never built a successful franchise. Uh, our pal Dylan texting in uh, a little bit earlier on. says, here's the thing for me. If I were that miserable at my job, I'd quit. I don't have the security to be able to go ask for a transfer, but these guys have that luxury, so I don't blame them for saying uh, they will if changes aren't made. People have more self-respect than they used to, and they just don't take as much crap. That's a good thing. It'll force employers to treat people better. And you know what? To, to Dylan's point there, there's a lot of conversation that started this season and even continued today about what the culture was for this group in the locker room with the coach that just can't, that can't be a problem. There has to be better chemistry between those two groups. If you want to make it work, whether you think they're a playoff team or not, that's just the basis of it. You can't have your two most important aspects on the ice, the coaches or coach and players butting heads and being on the different side of things. There's just not your, your chances of success are, are so low when that's the case. This really felt like uh, it was going to be the the main decision. Uh, this one's been asked a lot today, so I'll, I'll, I'll answer it to the best of my knowledge. Uh, Brent, our pal, texted in from Northwest Calgary, said, any connection to Sutter coaching and Shillington's year off, or is it just a coincidence that he's ready to come back now? There's, there's, no co- there's nothing of the sort between those two things. That's as as simple as I can put it. Uh, Oliver's absence had nothing to do with Daryl. And I think the news that he is back to working out and getting in shape and excited to come back next year um, is just the timing of what it is. And I, I don't say that just to bring down Brett's question, Brent's question or anything, because lots of people have asked it. But no, it's just... It is what it is. Oliver had some very serious personal things to deal with that were so disassociated from the team, from the head coach, from all of it. Uh, he needed his time, and it's just good news, period, that he's feeling good about coming back to hockey and coming back to Calgary. Um, by In no way, shape, or form do I think that, and again, I don't know that for sure, but I don't, I don't think in any way, shape, or form did Daryl being the head coach, push Oliver to being, he had some other stuff going on. Uh, This one says, Mitch Love has to be the front runner for the coaching position. In my opinion, it's a very popular one that's come out. I know Frank Saravalli, our NHL insider from Daily Faceoff, uh, tweeted out something similar about that today. And look, I think Mitch Love deserves very much to be in the coaching conversation. If there is the potential of a young, great coach in your organization who can lead your franchise going forward. You, I think you have to take every opportunity to keep him there. Now, that being said, I wouldn't discount Ryan Huska in all of this as well. Ryan Huska, not all that long ago, was pretty much doing what Mitch Love was doing, uh, was doing what Mitch Love was doing with the Stockton Heat. Now, have they had the same level of success? No, but... um Ryan also wasn't 
given you know didn't have Dustin Wolf, didn't have some of the top end talent that that Mitch has had. But a lot of the same things that you heard about Mitch Love in terms of connecting with players, understanding the young player, connecting with them is the reason that he got promoted to be an assistant coach on Daryl Sutter's staff. So I, I don't know that. Huska is ahead of love or where they would sit. And I think that's going to be totally up to a new GM, but I would say if Mitch Love's going to be in the conversation, I think Ryan Huska would be in the situation, uh, that same situation as well. Uh, da, 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 what do we got here? Nine, six, zero, nine, six, zero. Even at the professional level, how a coach treats his players and staff, despite their winning records uh, far, far, uh, for far too long, society looked away and excused deplorable behavior by coaches. They led many younger players to quit sports altogether or professionals to say enough is enough. It's far beyond time to evolve our thinking. Uh, is there any thoughts on Daryl Sutter's two-year extension playing a part in Goudreau and Kachuk leaving? Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, it felt like Matthew was... I don't know. It felt like Matthew was... His decision was was to go out regardless. And I mean, for those two guys, especially, and again, I don't know this for sure, but again, they had their most successful year as a team and as a player, you know, their individual stats as they ever did under Daryl. So for both of them to have said, look, that's just not the coach for me after doing all that they accomplished last year. Maybe it was part of it, but I can't. I can't sit here and imagine it was all of it. That's just that's just me, at least. I can't. Those guys had massive years. They finally won a playoff series. Yes, it, it wasn't a Stanley Cup, but hey, progress is progress. I, I again, I won't speak for them. They they haven't said one way or the other. They probably never will. I, I don't know what role that played. Uh, this one says, uh, from John in Red Deer, with the firing of Daryl Sutter today, about two weeks after announcing that Brad Trilliving would not return to Mitch reports, he could not get along with Daryl. Now the question becomes, why did they not want him back? The timing's weird. I can't, can't deny any of that. There's a, a definite oddity in how this was, was handled. But again, how many situations do we enter the off season in where the coach has an extension and the GM doesn't. The Flames put themselves in this in this weird situation heading into the offseason period. So, again, it was interesting to hear Eric Francis ask Don Maloney straight up today and say, look, would Brad still be a, a, a considerate for the, the GM spot now that the coach is out? And he said, no, I don't, I don't think so. We're going to go in a new direction. I think that tells you enough that maybe the Daryl thing was a part of it for Brad, but as a whole, his, his thought process was about leaving regardless of, of what was happening with the coach. And he's just ready for something new. Uh, I'll read one more and then we'll hear from Elliot Friedman, uh, NHL insider with Pat Steinberg got a little earlier today. Um, hmm, hmm, hmm. Where do I go here? Uh, let's go to this one, uh, 960960. We'll read more of them after we hear from Frege. Uh This says, uh, a lot of the same feelings and apprehensions as the day that they hired Daryl Sutter. So looking forward to a stable coaching situation. 
Drew Living's time as GM, in and out of the playoffs, limited playoff success. I believe all coaching decisions during his reign, except maybe the last Sutter extension, were his. He should be judged and should own and be held accountable for all choices regarding the head coaching position. He left the organization and team in a better position, but not great, looking to a better future for this team. And that's where the focus is now for a lot of people. New GM, new coach. It's a fresh slate for the Calgary Flames. But how did we get to this spot? How did we, just weeks after the NHL season came to an end for the Calgary Flames, find them without a GM and now without a head coach? to uh, help us you know, wave through some of those questions and what's next for the Calgary Flames. Elliot Friedman, Hockey Night in Canada, Sportsnet, NHL Insider, and more uh, joined Pat Steinberg for some instant reaction to the news of Daryl Sutter being relieved as Flames head coach. And on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline right now, Elliot Friedman is with us as uh, we get some instant reaction to this one. Uh, Friedge, I, I know you did Merrick a little bit ago, and, and I guess uh, now that you've had a little bit more time to uh, process this one, how, uh, how, do you, how do you react to the news out of Calgary on this Monday? I, I don't think I'm incredibly surprised, Pat. I think this had been building. Um, for those of you who didn't hear me uh, on with Jeff, I'll – let me just walk through the process as I, as I understand it. Um, after the season over was over and before Brad Tree Living announced that he wasn't uh, going to stay with the Flames, the Flames had exit meetings with their players. That's pretty common at the end of the year. You sit down with the players, you talk to them. Um, usually those meetings are 10 to 15 minutes, but I heard in this particular case, you know, the Flames indicated that these were going to be longer. And after uh, the year that the Flames had, um, there was, you know, they really wanted to hear what the players had to say. Um, you know, look, the, the Flames fans out there in Calgary, your listening audience, Pat, they don't need me to remind them what kind of a year this was. Um, and they wanted, the Flames wanted to know everything. And Tree Living was in those meetings, and so was Don Maloney. And some of them lasted an hour. And the players said everything they had to say. And, you know, basically what it came down to was that uh, one of the issues was that there just wasn't a great relationship between coach and players. And, um, and, and I think it, it can, the more that the Flames collected the information and presented the information to ownership, um, I think that one of the things, and I think by then it was Maloney, uh, I think that Maloney had presented a situation where um, he said he didn't think it could continue. And, uh, I think Sutter was informed yesterday. Okay. Um, uh, you know, I and I, I think one of the things that ki- I'm kind of getting the impression too, Pat, is that you know I, I I think Sutter saw too from what you know a couple people are telling me that you know after he heard what was said that it, it probably wasn't going to work and uh, um, and you know I, I think now. So, you know, uh, you know, true living, you know, obviously he won't be back. And now Sutter won't be back. I think the Flames are just in a situation now where from an executive coaching standpoint, they're just going to start over and they're going to, they're going to, they're going to come up with a new duo underneath, uh, underneath Don Maloney. And um, it's, it's going to be interesting. I, I, I think, uh, you know, I, I think some of us had started to hear during the year that this what, this was going to be not uh, untenable, and at the end of the year, I think everybody realized it. Yep. 
Elliot, the last time we spoke was two weeks ago on the day that Brad True Living decided to walk away from the organization, and we talked then about how this felt like maybe a crossroads moment for the Flames, and, and now two weeks later, Daryl Sutter's no longer with the organization, so I guess it just continues to feel like kind of a, a crossroads summer for Calgary, hey? Well, I, I just think that after the year, that like this year, there was a lot of you know what someone said to me today, uh, Pat, was that this year there was a lot of focus uh, like uh, what was going on off the ice or around the ice as opposed to on the ice. Yeah. Like when you're playing in a season, the focus should be on the ice. You know, what do we have to do to get better? What do we have to do to win games? It seemed like this year a lot of the focus was off the ice. You know, what's going on in the dressing room? what's Brad True Living's future, you know, things like that. Um, and I just think it was a season full of distractions. And so I think what the Flames are kind of looking at is, do we eliminate all the, those distractions and say, okay, now we're going to focus on what it's going to take to winning games. And I think that's the goal. I think that's what they're looking at here eliminate those distractions and start worrying about winning games. Like, like I think one of the things here is that for the coach, how do you get Huberto on the right track? How do you make sure that your young players who've been tearing it up for the Wranglers this year can make the jump? Yeah. And I think that becomes your biggest question. Elliot Friedman's with us. Some instant reaction to the move today made by the Flames. Daryl Sutter fired his head coach, and uh, now the team is looking for a new general manager and a new head coach as uh, they enter this offseason. Elliot, as, as now that we've had a little bit of time to digest Brad True Living and the team parting ways, like how much how much of that was connected to Daryl remaining with the team? Do you believe? And and I I, I guess. Now that Brad has walked away, had this move been made earlier, do we think that that could have been avoided? That's one of the questions that's been asked a lot here over the last few hours since this news started to filter out. Well, I, I think, um, I, I th you know, Jeff asked me the same question. Um, I think it's a great question. Um, you know, I think there's a, a possibility that would have been the case. The only thing is, like, like the one thing here about True Living and Sutter is, I don't think it's a it's a personal issue, but I think it's a professional one. Right. So if you reverse it, if you reverse it, then yes, it possibly changes. I think the only thing is though is that, you know, True Living's been there nine years, and I kind of wondered if he was ready for just a change. Like it was just a it was just a, like a an overall change, and the only reason I'm saying I'm saying not a hundred percent. Yes. It would have been different as Pat is because I wonder about the answer to that question. Sometimes we just need change in our lives. Yep. Yep. Fair enough. Uh, can you remember a situation where you've got a coach about to start a two year contract extension or, or a contract extension period. And then something like this happens. I mean, when you talk about those exit meetings, the same thing that I've heard that, you know, those exit meetings were very, very blunt. And uh, I think two weeks ago on Monday, when we first heard Don Maloney speak, you know, they were still trying to figure out how much of those exit meetings were just emotion and how much were really, really important things to act on. It just, I, 
I, I can't remember exit meetings having this much of an impact on the direction of an organization. Is that to, is that just recency bias for me? Um, I, the, the, the one I can remember off the top of my head is when John Tortorella was fired as coach of the Rangers, okay. the Rangers intended to bring him back, and there were some exit meetings that led to them changing their minds. Okay. Like, I, I, I know that happened. So I, I would agree with you overall that it's rare, Pat, but it's not unprecedented. As for the extension question, that one I don't remember off the top of my head. Yeah. Two more quick ones for you. Appreciate the time on, on short notice. I really, really do. Where uh, What are you hearing on the GM search? I know you had mentioned uh, late last week that uh, Mark Hunter in London might be a guy that, that would be in the conversation. We know Conroy's name has been out there quite a bit. Uh, just overall, yeah. where are we on the GM search for the Flames? I think that, that, con- I think that those conversations are going to start this week. I wouldn't be surprised if the Flames are going to start reaching out to some people. And I don't know how the process is going to work, but have initial conversations. I think that's going to start this week if it hasn't started already. Um, I do think Hunter is on the radar, but I don't think he's the only one. I think, you know, obviously Conroy um, is, and I think there's a huge support for him uh, inside the organization um, for Conroy to get it. Um, uh, but I, I do believe that Hunter is on their list as well. And I do think he is a potentially serious contender. Um, but I, I'm sure there's others like, okay. I don't think it's just going to be like three or four people. I think they're going to really, uh, really try to look at a few different options here. And I then guess. the coach, yeah. the coach, um, like I think, like, I know the organization thinks highly of Mitch Love. I know they think highly of Huska. Um, uh, I would, I would expect that they'll reach out to Andrew Burnett. Look, if you want someone to, uh, coach Huberto up, can't go wrong with a guy who helped coach him to 110 points last year. Yeah. So I'm sure he'll be a call too, but those are some of the initial names that you could have come through my way. Do you get the sense that'll be the GM's hire? Like they go GM and then make the coach. Okay. Yes. Okay. I, I don't think, like, I don't think that's a smart thing to go the other way around. Like it just doesn't make any sense. There you go. Elliot Friedman joining Pat on a special edition of Flamestock earlier today for some instant reaction to the news that Daryl Sutter would no longer be the Calgary Flames head coach. They will head into the next season with a new GM and coach combo. Interesting names with Fridge throughout there. We heard from his reporting on 32 Thoughts uh, podcast earlier that, uh, that Hunter was a name that they had talked about as someone that would be involved in the GM search. Again, that doesn't mean he's going to be hired or as a favorite, but simply a name that he's heard out there. And now, you know, Andrew Burnett, an interesting one to associate with the Calgary Flames. Again, the GM will make that decision, but there's a, a name out there with some head coaching experience and experience with two key members of the Flames in particular in Huberto and Uyghur going forward. Is that a route that the Calgary Flames look at? It's not the worst idea in my mind, but I do think that the GM has to come in with a, a clean slate and understand that he or she has the decision-making power to bring in whoever they feel is right. It's, just, it's an interesting name that Fridge throws out there and one that I don't think you should totally discredit when it comes to who could be this team's next head coach. We'll take a break, come back on the other side, close out hour two. 
uh, with a little bit more look at the text line at 960-960. Uh, plus, we'll talk a little bit of Game 7. It's the Rangers and the Devils later tonight after a weekend of upsets across the NHL playoffs. That's all coming up on Sportsnet today. Sportsnet 960, the fan. You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on the home of the Flames. Sportsnet 960, the fan. Cousins dumps it in. Back behind the net. Matthew Kachuk gets there first, and he's upended back behind the goal. Loose puck behind the net. Loose at the side of the net. Jamming away is Kachuk with Bennett along the near boards. Bennett finds it to the circle. Verhage shot top shelf. He scores. Carter Verhage top shelf, and the Panthers win it in overtime. The Panthers stun the Bruins in Boston, and the Panthers are moving on to round two. Carter Verhage, the Panthers have won it in overtime. 4-3 the final. The Panthers take game seven, and they're moving on. The Panteros. Woo. Game seven hero, Carver Hagee. Bruins collapse under the weight of that President's Trophy and are eliminated in seven games. Now setting up a battle between the Florida Panthers and the Toronto Maple Leafs. In round two. But that's not the only upset we saw over the last couple of games in the NHL. Welcome back to Sportsnet today. It's Logan Gordon along with you. Cam and Taylor, outstanding producers here as well. Talked uh, lots of Daryl Sutter today. And there'll be more of it across the station as the day continues. But I had to take some time out to talk about the results that we saw across the NHL uh, this weekend. Because there are some stunning ones, including just the two last night. You heard it right there. On the Panthers radio network, uh, the Panthers 4-3 winners over the Boston Bruins in seven games. Despite being down in the third period, Brandon Montour with a goal late to tie it, his second of the game. And then 8.35 into overtime, Carter Verhage with the dagger that ends what was a historic season for the Boston Bruins. And gave us one of the most, I don't know, heart-wrenching moments of the entire first round is seeing Patrice Bergeron thanking and hugging all of his teammates as they left the ice. And really, when you think about it, for a team that barely made the postseason in the Florida Panthers, it really is one of the biggest upsets that we've seen in the postseason. Boston set numerous NHL records during the regular season. New highs for wins and points. There was a 43-point difference between the two teams. That is the largest upset in Stanley Cup playoff history in a best-of-seven series. 43 points. That is 21 wins difference. Of course, you can throw the loser points in there, but just straight up, just a massive, massive upset last night. Paul Maurice criticized all year as the Panthers head coach as to whether or not he was making the right decisions. Well, he's 4-0 in his career in Game 7s. Scotty Bowman, the only coach to have eliminated uh, him and Scotty Bowman, the only coaches who have eliminated a President's Trophy winning team in both conferences. Maurice first did so in, tw- in the West in 2018 when the Jets knocked out the Nashville Predators. And now we have Florida and Toronto to kick off round number two on Tuesday. 
That wasn't the only upset last night. How about the Seattle Kraken? Two one winners over the defending Stanley Cup champion Colorado Avalanche. Oliver Bjorkstrand with two goals in the second period, and that's all they would need. Philip Grubauer, the former Avs goalie, stuns his old team. He makes 33 saves on 34 shots. He was tremendous. The Avs only scored two power play goals in the entire series, both of them off of the stick of Miko Rantanen. And their defending Stanley Cup dreams are crushed against the expansion Seattle Kraken. So I'll ask the text line at 960-960. Also ask Cam and Taylor this. Bigger disappointment, Bruins or Avalanche losing in round one? Taylor. I got to go with the Bruins. Cam? I uh, I got to go with the Bruins, too, on this one. Just uh, I think the expectations for the Bruins were just way higher after setting all those records than Colorado, who was hurt a lot this year. Yeah, the injuries are big, uh, no doubt. I still I still think, given that Seattle's an expansion franchise in year two and all the firepower that Colorado still possessed, I mean, they still had their starting goaltender. Kale McCarr, minus one game, was still there. I don't think Nathan McKinnon was nearly the difference maker that he was in last year's postseason. I, I do think the right answer is Boston. I think Boston's by far the bigger failure given that they had these high expectations and look I think it's going to be a very different Bruins group next year I, I I don't know about you Taylor that sure looked like a guy saying goodbye to hockey last night in Patrice Bergeron and he wouldn't comment on it and you wouldn't expect him to but he told us he was dealing with a herniated disc in his back he's already been through so many injuries it sure felt like that was it for Patrice Bergeron I don't want it to be the end for Patrice Bergeron because he is such a great player and teammate. How do you hate that guy? It's impossible. How? It, you can't He's do it. He's just too good of a dude. He's a sweet man. But I I, I feel like it, if it is the end of his playing career, it's not going to be the end of his hockey career. Like he would be added to the management or something along those lines into the Boston organization. Yeah, he'd be a top-notch candidate to be part of of any team going forward. But, you know, this year, given that he'd come back on such a team-friendly deal, his pal David Krejci was back for what seemed like one more run. He's 37 himself now. You know, both of those guys could be done for the Boston Bruins going forward. You had a Vesna-caliber goaltender for most of the year. In Linus Allmark, who kind of got away from himself in that series. And now you're sort of handing the keys over to David Pasternak, whose $11.25 million extension kicks in next season. Pavel Zaka, he gets an extension uh, and he gets a raise next year as well. And this team's got some serious questions to, you know, figure out going forward. Tyler Bertuzzi was probably their best and most consistent player throughout this series, guys. He's a UFA. He was a huge trade deadline acquisition for them and one I'm sure they'd like to continue to have around. But you got to find money for him. 
Uh, your blue line's got a couple questions on it. Hampus Lindholm, who uh, you know was a big acquisition for them last year, he went pointless in this series. Was a bit of a defensive liability for them at times. And Jeremy Swayman, who has split these goaltending duties with Linus Allmark and got the call in Game Seven, he's the RFA with Arbright. Allmark just has two years left on his deal, so Swayman kind of feels like the future of this team, but do you have the the salary cap space to pay him right now if you're the Bruins? I don't know. That's an interesting one. And for Colorado, similar to the, the Pasternak extension, now the McKinnon extension kicks in, and he goes from one of the league's most cap-friendly deals at $6.3 million to $12.6 million per season. And the Avalanche have a ton of work to do this offseason. Pending UFAs, Comfer, Eller, Rodriguez, Cogliano, Helm, Nieto, Eric Johnson, Jack Johnson, banana pancakes. RFAs for Alex Newhook, Dennis Malgin, and Bowen Byram. Now, Byram not, uh, not ARB eligible, but still. Going to command a fair uh, dollar. And the Avs have some questions to ask themselves now, too, going forward. It, it was tough for the Avs, and I, I get where you're coming from with the injuries. No land is... I just I think I expected more out of that group. And maybe that's hard to, to say, given that they just won a Stanley Cup. But they didn't feel like that fight was there for them as, as well. Uh, let's see here. Some of the texts at 960-960. Matt and Cochran, our pal, chiming in. He says, if this is the end for Bergeron, it's been a hell of a career. One that might not have been given early concussions and injury problems. That's a really good point, Matt. Back in uh, the early parts of Patrice Bergeron's career, it didn't look as though he was going to be able to sustain a, a long-term NHL career, but he you know, came in from his first year in and you know, had a couple of those down seasons, only played 10 games in 07-08 but then was constantly 80 games, 81 games, 82 games, right there above it. And that includes, you know, going into bat for Team Canada whenever he needed to and being a huge part of whatever uh, his national team was doing and being a massive piece there too. Uh, this one says, Bruins, not even close. Avs ran out of gas. Sure felt that way, that's for sure. Uh, this one says, what would have been worse for Bergeron losing first round or losing any other round after this being that much closer to a cup? I think it all hurts for, for a guy like that. Who's who kind of knew this might be his last kick at the can and knowing how good of a team they had. I, I think it's probably just one of those things where he wished if, even if it wasn't going to mean a Stanley cup, he wished it could have lasted a little bit longer. And I think a lot of people expected it to last longer. You had 65 wins, and you had a 3-1 lead in this series. You lost a lot of games at home. You lost overtime games. And, hey, credit to the Panthers. They certainly didn't go out without a fight. And as Matthew Kachuk said post-game on Sportsnet, hey, no one gave us a chance except for us. And they certainly used that underdog mentality uh, going forward tonight, one more game seven before we figure out uh, what the NHL's playoff bracket looks like heading into round number two. You have the Devils and the Rangers. Six o'clock start on Sportsnet series tied three games apiece. 
Shesterkin v. Schmied. Devils looked like they had taken control. Rangers with a big 5-2 win the other night, setting us up for a game seven. Taylor, who you got tonight, Rangers or Devils? I need you to repronounce that goalie's name there for a second. Schmid. 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 Mr. Schmid. Okay. Akira. Rangers, Devils, who do you have? Uh, Pick one. Devils. Wow. Cam? I, when we first made these predictions, my gut at first, I wanted, I thought the, the Devils were going to take it. But then I, uh, I switched sides. Today is no different. I'm sticking with the Rangers. I kind of want New Jersey to win, but I picked New York in seven. So I'm going to stick with that. Jackson, Rowden, Hughes. Win it, baby. He's, uh, he's okay. He's all right. Not bad. Uh, so we do have a couple of uh, round two matchups now already set. Once we get the last one set uh, later this week, we'll probably tomorrow on the show we'll do our round two predictions and see how we did in round one. Uh, spoiler alert, not <laughs> great. Uh, let's see here. What did we have for round two matchups? Oilers and Golden Knights. Pacific Division battle should be a good one. You've also got the Stars and the Seattle Kraken. Kicks off tomorrow night as well. And on the eastern side, we mentioned Panthers and Leafs in uh, the second round of the playoffs. Winner of tonight's matchup between the Devils and the Rangers will head to Raleigh to take on the Carolina Hurricanes in the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, should be a good one. All, of course, all the coverage remaining right here on Sportsnet uh, and Sportsnet 960. The fan will bring as many of the games as we can. Still got Wranglers playoffs going. They're in a bit of a break. They don't play until Wednesday. They are up 2-0 in their series against the Abbotsford Canucks thanks to a uh, Matthew Phillips game winner. And they'll look to finish that series off in three games. Should be a good one. Looking forward to uh, to that. We'll bring you more Wranglers coverage throughout the uh, the rest of the week as we get set for game number three, four, and possibly five. I guess, we, I guess we're only going to say game three. We're cheering for the Wranglers, so... In three, baby. We hope it's in three. Let me know if to worry about it. Logan. What? I feel like we glossed over something here. I doubt it. I think there's a series that might have went seven that we uh, just haven't really talked about. What one's that? Certain one out in uh, some blue colors. Cam, that was six games. Yeah. Excuse me. Six games. Nobody... Regardless. Nobody's talking about this The team. passion. It was there. Damn. Why are we not talking about this? Well, I was just talking about last night's game and tonight's game. Saturday feels so long ago. I know. I know. We've had Daryl Sutter news. We had all the Game 7s last night. We had what a Game a 7 tonight. Taylor's excited about Snoop Dogg trying to buy the Sens out, out of the, uh, away from Ryan Reynolds. What a weekend in so the NHL. So much to talk about. Yeah, sure. You want to talk about the Leafs? Always. The text line's going to hate you for it. I know. It's not that I don't want to talk about the Leafs. It's just that they're, they're going to start a new series, and we will undoubtedly talk about the Leafs more. But if you want to do it, Cam, go ahead. I'm just saying it's important. What, 2004? It, Come on. Huge. Ripped Good the longest standing joke in the NHL. Yeah. Now the yeah, that kind of sucks. There's it. no more fun memes about it anymore. Now it's all going to be Bruins through blew a 3-1 lead. Good for the, I mean, hey, good for the Leafs. I'm not going to discredit them. They, they took long enough. Yeah. That's for sure. 
Absolutely. But they were, you know, they seemed to be able to find a way against this Tampa team. And, hey, good for them. They shut it down. Austin Matthews was the star that he needed to be. Samsonov outdueled uh, Vasilevsky, which I didn't think anybody saw coming. And uh, good for Toronto. They've always had the ability. Uh, that's the thing is, it's one of those where I'm not, I'm not stunned that Toronto won. Yes, it's been a very long time. I get that. But they've had the talent. It, it was just about putting it together for, you know, four games and long enough for them to not screw up with themselves. So good for them. They made it through. I think that's an interesting matchup against Florida. It would have been really interesting had it been Boston. A lot of demons there, yeah. Right? It could have been the, the year of exercising your demons if you were the Toronto Maple Leafs. But you'll get the Panthers and you'll get a firsthand look at Matthew Kachuk and his antics, and I'm sure he'll be uh, villain number one in Toronto. We won't have Jake Muzzin in the lineup for the Leafs to uh, reignite that bubble rivalry between the two of them, but I'm sure he'll find a way and he'll find somebody. It's the Battle of the Flames, really. Really, yeah. It's Yarn Cro- the former Flames, Yarncroke, Giordano, Brody versus Kachuk, Bennett, and Lombard. Right? So maybe we should do a graphic like that. The former Flames. Who are you cheering oh, for? Salt in the wound. Brody, Geo, Yarn Croak. Or are you cheering for, for Matt and Benny and Ryan Lombardini? That's tough. You haven't heard that one before? No, I just don't know what side I'd pick. Oh. See, now look at this. Well, you've got all the, you got the text line mad now. I know. I'm sorry. Fire Cam now. We don't care anything like or like anything blue here. So I told you. This one says what Cam, don't Blue you Jays? dare. Hockey. We like the Blue Jays. I'm so sorry. But it's how I feel. What can I say? You want me to go on the on the air and lie? No, I'm not going to yes. do it. Yes. No. Not going to happen. I prefer if you did, actually. Oh, yeah, I bet. Again, it's not that we're not going to yes, the Yes, the Oilers won on the weekend, too. It's just we've, we've been kind of busy, Cam. You, you know, like the, the whole Oilers coach too? got fired? Should we dive into the Oilers, too, Cam? Should we play all the goal no, highlights from Saturday, no, too? No, we don't have to do all that. You sure? Yeah, we're all right. Sure seem to want to talk about those things. We all knew the Oilers were going to advance. What we did not think was a, f- what, 14-year record was going to be shattered. You know what? It happens. What fourteen year record? I was I was counting back in my Cam, head back to two thousand four. Cam, it's twenty. Again, we're not going to do math here. I'm not going to say I can do math. Anyways, uh, this one says uh, Logan hates puppies. That's not true. I'm pro puppy here. Uh, this one says you have to cheer for Gio. I'm, yeah, I think there's going to be some of that. This one says it's enough of the leaf talk. And uh, unbelievably, somebody. I'm assuming this is Cam's number texting in, but it says hashtag I'm with Cam. So I appreciate you, 8516. That's not a real number. That's got to be a bot account. Uh, still coming up today. Obviously, we've talked, like, again, if you're upset that we're not talking Daryl Sutter, we've spent 90 minutes on Daryl Sutter today. I uh, wanted to get some playoff talk in uh, before game seven tonight on Sportsnet. Uh, we'll have more of it coming up. You can get some of that content already. I believe the podcast is up. Um, with uh, an exclusive chat with Don Maloney, uh, interim GM and president of hockey office with Pat Steinberg. 
uh, on for the Flames Talk podcast, wherever you get your podcasts, Google, Amazon, Spotify, your favorite podcatchers. So we heard twice from Don Maloney, once in his media conference today, once with Pat exclusively on Flames Talk. Heard from Elliot Friedman, NHL insider from Sportsnet, Hockey Night in Canada, his latest reaction to it, and we'll only have more of it coming up as the afternoon continues. We'll hear some of those voices in the next hour as well. Flames Talk at 4 with Pat Steinberg this afternoon uh, to really dive into the details and get back into this conversation. It was a massive day for the Calgary Flames, and within two weeks, uh, no GM, no head coach now, and a fresh slate for Don Maloney to uh, begin shaping this team really in his vision. He will pick the next GM, and those searches are underway and expected to really get underway now that the head coaching decision has been made. Interviews this week, according to Elliot Friedman, so we'll start to get news on that. Don Maloney says he doesn't expect this to be a long process that you know takes them past the draft, so could we in the next couple of weeks see a new GM here in Calgary? Absolutely, and in turn, that will mean you know the GM making a decision on the coaching staff and who the next head coach will be to lead this team into a, a very interesting offseason and uh, training camp this fall. So we've got lots to get to. Uh, appreciate uh, you guys texting in. Uh, for those of you listening live, if you're listening on the podcast, appreciate you as well. Thank you to Cam and Taylor, outstanding production team. Uh, Peter Labardius joined us to kick us off today, and he'll do so uh, for the rest of the week before we send Lou on holidays for the summer. So a quick reminder, uh, if you want to get your questions in for what does Lou say, we're doing a final edition of it on Friday. And there's a little bit of Flames news, if you haven't noticed, with the GM gone and the head coach gone. So why don't you go to sportsnet.ca slash 960, go to the contest tab, hit what does Lou say, ask Lou a question. If we answer your question on Friday, you'll win $200 in uh, gift cards to go see our friends at Roos Chris Steakhouse, our final edition of what does Lou say coming up on Friday. We got to get out of here. This will do it for our edition of Sportsnet today. Uh, More Flames content coming up in the next hour. And then Flames Talk with Steinberg at 4. We'll be back on a Tuesday edition of the program tomorrow here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.